0: Hello and welcome to the Wildlife Matters Christmas special podcast with me, Nigel Palmer. Today we're going to be looking at a traditional Christmas story that shows how nature and Christmas are so intricately linked together. The story is the holly and the ivy, so grab yourself a little drink and get ready to sit down and relax and hopefully enjoy and learn a few things about the traditions of Christmas. So Christmas is a Christian celebration that is strongly influenced by the Roman festival of Saturnalia and a veritable cocktail of activities borrowed from the pagan solstice festivals. Pagan was the name given to all non-Christian groups by the Christians and included a wide range of local activities and festivities that were part of the solstice celebration that heralded the new year and a return to the longer daylight hours. Pagans celebrated with a series of feasts and activities that often included a lot of food and alcohol, but many of their festivities still remain today. Some are better known than others, perhaps, but hundreds of years ago, and before the use of clocks to tell the time, pagans stuck a stick in the ground three days after solstice, or that we now know as Christmas Eve, and waited for it to cast a shadow from the sun. And this usually happened around the 25th of December. This meant that the sun was returning and that there was a reason indeed to celebrate. Another pagan tradition was to decorate their houses with plants. In the depth of winter in Britain, there are not many plants in leaf, but two favorites were the holly or Ilex and Ivy, Hedera. And this is their story. In Celtic mythology, The holly king ruled nature from the summer to the winter solstice at the summer solstice the oak king defeated the holly king to rule for the time until the summer solstice again the holly king was depicted as a powerful giant of a man covered in holly leaves and branches and wielding a holly bush club it's widely believed that the green knight of arthurian legend was based on the holly king In this story, Gawain rose to the Green Knight's formidable challenge during the Round Table's Christmas celebrations. However, the folklore of Polly is not solely connected with Yuletide festivities. Like several other native trees, people believed it had protective properties. It was said it would bring bad luck upon yourself if you were to cut down a whole holly tree and even today you can see holly trees in hedges left uncut when they are trimmed. Some believe that leaving the holly tree uncut in the hedge was to obstruct witches as it was generally believed that witches would navigate along the tops of the hedges. In fact, it's bats that still use this method of navigation today farmers used the distinctive evergreen holly trees to establish lines of sight during winter ploughing. In 1861 the then Duke of Argyle had a new roadway routed to avoid cutting down a distinctive old holly tree. Despite the belief that felling of whole trees would bring bad luck, the taking of boughs for decoration and the coppicing of trees to provide winter fodder was allowed. Holly leaves prove to be particularly nutritious as winter feed for livestock. Some farmers even install grinders to make pricklier leaves more palatable. Coppicing also allows the holly's hard, white, close grain wood to be used for inlaid marquetry and to make chess pieces and tool handles. Old folklore tells us that hollywood had an affinity for control, especially of horses. And that's why ploughmen's whips were made from coppiced holly. There is never a reason to whip an animal for control but tragically this is how many were and still are trained to work for humans. In Scotland they use the Gaelic name for holly that is Chulin. The name appears across the country as Crack de Chulin on the Isle of Mull where the local McLean clan adopted the holly as their clan badge, to Tulin in Rossshire in the north. These believe that the town of Kulin in Banffshire derived its name from the local hollywood. In Europe, holly trees were traditionally planted near houses to offer protection from lighting, as the European pagans associated holly with the thunder gods such as Thor and Tyrannus. And there was truth in their belief Thanks to modern science, we now know that the spines on the distinctly shaped holly leaves can act as miniature lightning conductors, thereby protecting the tree and other nearby objects. Holly brought a splash of colour to the bleak depths of winter and that is why it is sacred to the Druids. It was considered a sign of fertility and long life to have magical powers and a sprig of holly hung in your home would bring good luck. Holly was also said to be a masculine plant that would bring men good luck and protection whilst its ivy was considered as feminine. It is this association that led to the Christian carol, the holly and the ivy, using holly as a symbol to celebrate Christ's birth. In fact, holly is dioecious, requiring separate male and female plants in order for pollination to occur. The male plants have the prickly-edged leaves, whilst the female plants have smooth-edged leaves and also have the red berries. Winter birds, such as finches, dunnocks, goldcrests, robins and thrushes, use holly's dense foliage and sharp prickles as a protective shelter, whilst the female hollybush's red berries provide an essential food source during the winter. Smaller wildlife such as hedgehogs, toads and slow worms use the deep leaf litter produced for hibernation whilst bees collect the nectar and pollen produced earlier in the year. Caterpillars of the holly blue butterfly along with those of various moths including the yellow barred brindle double striped pug and the holly tortrix even eat the sharp prickly leaves. Mature holly trees can grow up to 15 meters and live for up to 300 years. The bark is smooth and thin with lots of small brown warts and the stems are dark brown. Holly flowers are white with four petals. They bloom from early spring to the early summer. Once pollinated by insects, female flowers develop into scarlet berries which can remain on the tree throughout the winter. The thrush is known for vigorously guarding the berries of the holly in winter to prevent other birds from eating them. In harsh winters when food was short, deer have been known to feed on holly leaves. The female holly trees that have been browsed by the deer will adapt and make all the leaves within the browse line with prickly edges to discourage browsing and that is why you can see holly trees with berries and prickly leaves. So let's take a look at ivy. An ivy has many superstitions and beliefs attached to it. Because it forms dense thickets in woodland and can grow where other plants could not, it was able to block out the light, even to the mighty oak. The druids believed the ivy gave them strength and power to defeat their enemies, giving ivy a rather sinister reputation. Ivy has a long association with both Greek and Roman gods and was said to be the enemy of the vine. In Greek mythology, ivy was sacred to Osiris and also associated with Dionysus. In Roman mythology, ivy was connected to Bacchus, the god of wine, and it grew over his homeland. Bacchus is often portrayed wearing an ivy crown, perhaps because this was once thought to prevent intoxication. Don't try this one at home, but the poisonous berries of the ivy, when ground into a powder, were believed to be a hangover cure. Well, it may have worked, but only because you'd have been poisoned before the alcohol intoxication took over. Despite this, Romans carried the tradition to England, where old English taverns would display ivy above the doors, as an indicator of the high quality of their drinks. In Old Ireland, ivy was thought to provide protection from evil when growing on or near to a dwelling. However, if the ivy should die or fall down, then misfortune would fall upon those therein. Ivy was often carried by young women for good luck and fertility, and is still included in many bridal wreaths today. Ivy was also worn by poets in the form of a crown and was said to inspire creativity and the Greeks presented their winning athletes with crowns of ivy that is still used as a symbol in the modern Olympic games. Being an evergreen plant, ivy was the natural choice of the pagans throughout Europe to bring into their houses for the winter solstice celebrations. Ivy is a woody climber that can grow to 30 metres or around 100 feet. It has climbing stems with specialised hairs that will help it to stick to surfaces as it climbs. There are two native subspecies of ivy in the British Isles, Hedera helix and Hedera helix hibernica. The subspecies hibernica does not climb but spreads across the ground. But this isn't ground ivy, which isn't a true ivy and is in fact part of the mint family ground ivy is however used to brew beer so it is very important only mature plants produce flowers they are yellowish green and appear in small dome-shaped clusters known as umbels the ivory fruits are black and berry-like and form in globular in clusters ivy flowers from september to november and its fruits ripen in november to january so it's really important for wildlife Ivy's nectar pollen and berries are an essential food source as the high fat content of the berries is a nutritious food resource for birds and the berries are eaten by a wide range of species including thrushes, blackcaps, woodpigeons, and blackbirds. Ivy also provides shelter for insects, birds, bats and other small mammals and many insects before they go into hibernation. Some of the main insect species which forage on the nectar and pollen of ivy are bees, hoverflies and common wasps. It is an important food plant for some butterfly and moth larvae. Many rare insects are attracted to ivy flowers, including the golden hoverfly. Hoverflies are particularly frequent visitors. Ivy even has its own specialist hoverfly. The ivy hoverfly and the ivy bee, Coletis hadera, a plasterer bee which specialises in foraging on ivy flowers, was first recorded in the UK in 2001. Ivy flowers also provide a lifeline to autumn flying butterflies, such as the red admiral. A nighttime foray may also reward you with the sight of moths, such as the angel shades feasting on the rich ivy nectar. Ivy is vital for the holly blue butterfly for its first generation offspring, but the second generation of caterpillars feed on ivy. We would also like to lay to rest a huge untruth about ivy, and that is that it kills trees. It doesn't. Ivy uses trees and walls for support, allowing it to climb upwards to better levels of sunlight. Ivy is not a parasitic plant, as it has its own root and system in the soil. So, it absorbs its own nutrients and water as needed. And contrary to popular belief, ivy does not damage trees and its presence does not indicate that a tree is unhealthy, dying or indeed dead. A scientific study by Oxford University found that the microclimate benefits from ivy against walls and wildlife knew that all along. The evergreen foliage makes an excellent early nesting site and shelter for birds such as wrens. Ivy really is a year-round plant for wildlife. We believe ivy lives up to its mythological meaning of strength and protection and that is why you should always include ivy in your wildlife garden. I hope you've enjoyed the story of the Holly and Ivy in our little bonus Wildlife Matters Christmas special podcast. We'd just like to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listened, downloaded the podcast over the last couple of months. And uh, we have some great content coming to you in 2023. Until then, this is me, Nigel Palmer, wishing you a very Merry Christmas. And we will see you again soon. Until then, Wildlife Matters. Signing off.